Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Ambassadors Forum Radio Show here on True Talk 800 AM KPDQ. I'm your host, Roy Swart, father of seven, MIT graduate, active engineer in the high-tech industry, and most importantly, bought and paid for, bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our mission here at the Ambassadors Forum is to equip you to be able to answer life's hard questions the same way Jesus did. Today we're going to interview one of our area's leaders in women's ministry, Amy McReynolds. Amy graduated from Corbin University with a major in English and Communications and a minor in Bible. She is first a wife to her husband, Chris, of 23 years, and a mom to three amazing boys. She grew up on a ranch in Wyoming, but Oregon has been her home since college. She serves as the director of women's ministries at Athey Creek Christian Fellowship and hosts the Devoted Podcast, a weekly podcast for women to encourage them to be fully devoted to God's Word. She said that she knows that she is in the Lord's will because an introvert would never deliberately choose to be in a public speaking ministry. Amy, welcome to the show. That is so true. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It feels like our culture has the church in a chokehold on just about every social issue today. Unfortunately, the world has convinced many Christians to distrust the Bible and to think that either there's no such thing as truth or that truth comes from our feelings or emotions or whatever the loudest member on social media dictates to them. So many Christians today are confused, and that is especially true of our young people. What do you think is the biggest issue facing Christian women today in the area of their identity in Christ? This is a big issue, like you said. I mean, this is something that, and I always hear these things through the lens of women's ministry and what is affecting women for sure, and young gals. And I actually see it how it is impacting our young men. The loud voices in culture, often for us in women's ministry, we do hear that thing about, well, this doesn't feel right. Hmm. And scripture, it doesn't say it's supposed to feel right, you know, and we've even kind of distorted, I think, messages about even what love is, right? In our culture, we hear that love is more of an emotion, but that isn't what the Bible teaches. So you got to start first with, What is the word saying? And are you going to be submitted to the word? That's the thing that I feel so called to in women's ministry is to not just read the word. Don't just check it off of a reading plan and move on with your day, but really submit to what it's saying and be cool with the fact that it might not be what you want. It might not be what feels good, but especially for women audiences, Mm. man, we give to our feeling side a lot. And I don't want to portray that all as a bad thing necessarily. You know, the Lord created us to be feelers more than, you know, our men counterparts. That's, I think, part of his beautiful design. So it's not negating feelings, but you got to be grounded by the solid word of God. Amen. Well, I know that if I think of the different kind of categories of people that might be listening to this, I can think of perhaps four. One would be people who say, I don't care what the Bible says about this. Mm. You know, the the hardcore atheists. Maybe a second category would be, I didn't know the Bible had something to say about this. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, an agnostic person or someone who's just barely new to the faith. Then you might have people who would say, so what exactly does the Bible have to say about this? I think that describes probably most of our listeners, people who are 
just starting out in their Christian faith, and they're interested, and they want to understand what the Bible says about our roles as men and women, and what has God designed, and what has he called us to. Perhaps the fourth would be those people who have been at this for a while, and who know the scriptures, and who might say, yes, but doesn't the Bible also say this other thing as well? Hmm. And that fourth group is probably an hour-long conversation to really dig in deep and say, yeah, the Bible has a lot of things to say about how he's designed men and women, the different callings that he's given us in family, in church, in society. But let's focus in on the second and third group. If you had a young woman or a group of women in front of you and they said, Amy, what are some of the scriptural references that I would go to to understand who I am and how God's created me to be mm-hmm. and what he's called me to do. Yeah. I think the the best place to start is always in the beginning, right? And I think the creation account of who we were created to be, there's a word in there that says that we were created to be a helper to mm-hmm. Adam, that Eve was a created to be a helper. I've read many different things that try to dissect that Hebrew word and all of the different things it is. I'm not a Hebrew <laughs> scholar. I'm not going to go there on you. <laughs> What I want to take is really just at face value to be a helper. How am I helping my husband to do the things that he needs to do? What's funny is that culture has decided that to be a helper is something that's secondary. And that being secondary, meaning that that it's less than. Mm. That is not at all what it's saying. In fact, if you were to take that, then you would have to go to other places in Scripture where the Holy Spirit is referred to as a helper. That's good. No, it's conflict there. But often culture will want to say, let's take these pieces of scripture that resonate with our narrative that we're trying to do. But it's contradictory. Sadly, I think even saying that we are a helper, it is selling short how the Lord has made us, how Mm -hmm. he's designed us, how he knows that we are going to absolutely flourish and thrive because he made us. Mm. It's funny to me how we, and I say this to myself too, because we can kind of fight against the Lord and think like, well, why can't I do this? I've heard people say that competency is not necessarily calling. But competency, I don't know that that necessarily always dictates the calling that you have. If the calling that you have is contradicting with something that would put you in conflict with what scripture is saying, well, then you're on the wrong path. But I think graciously, the Lord does allow us to use our giftings in a lot of ways that are you know, fully in line with what scripture has given us. So if I'm to point to a couple scriptures, I think the first one is to go ahead and be okay with right there in Genesis when it says that we are a helper to Adam. We are to be in that helper role. Obviously, I said in my marriage, you can see that in a marriage role, that's pretty clear. But what if you're a single? How does that look? I even see that as we are naturally gifted to be helpers. Hmm. I've talked about this from a ministry standpoint But I even want to take that to a level of being making sure us as a ministry, are we being helpers to the greater ministry that the church is called to? Mm. You shouldn't be an athe for women's ministry. You should be at the church that you're called to be in because of Bible teaching and being supportive of that. So I think that even in ministries, we can look to ways that we can help what leadership is even doing. Then you can go into the New Testament and see things that we're called to do. I love Titus 2 because it is such a clear calling to what we are to be as women. And it says in there that the older women would teach the younger. Hmm. And I think sometimes we get the picture of the older being like, okay, you got to have gray hair and you've got to be a grandma and then (laughs) you're good to be an older woman. But it just says older There's no age bracket in there. Some of us 
are in different places, maybe even in the faith, in mm-hmm. age of faith. And mm-hmm. so it could be a college gal that is mentoring a high school gal or some junior high gals. You're teaching the younger But what are you teaching him? And then that's when I think it's so important to know what the Bible says and not be afraid of it. Not be like, these are hard passages or this is hard that women can only do this or whatever. Get away from that. That's culture's message. Mm. Look at what the Bible says that we are supposed to be doing. Mm. One of the scriptures that I remember as a young Christian reading through, okay, as a dad, what am I supposed to be like as a husband, as a man of God? And I remember reading in Ephesians chapter 5 when it talks about women submit to your husbands, husbands love your wives. And usually people like to focus starting in verse 22 through the end. And it was years into my Christian walk before I looked back for context, which we should all be doing all the Mm -hmm. time when we study the Bible. And right before verse 22 in verse 21, Ephesians 5, 21 when Paul is talking about everybody should be thankful and praying to God, in the context of everyone, he says, submit to one another. And so I know that's another word that sometimes can have a bad connotation, this idea of submission, when in verse 22 it says, wives, submit to your husbands. When just in the verse before it says, Christians, all Christians should have this attitude of submission to each other because that's how you grow a loving community. That's hum- yeah. that's what humility looks like. What would you say to women in general, maybe young women specifically, who are really struggling with the way the culture has used that word mm-hmm. of submission or that idea of humility to try to drive a wedge between them and their parents or them and their peers or them and their church? Great question. And I love this question because people look at me a little funny sometimes when they say, whenever I heard our pastor give a teaching on Ephesians 5 or the other places where it may talk about specifically submission, I love it. Because (laughs) here's the thing. It is such a blessing and a covering. Before I was in women's ministry, I had the privilege of working in weddings for 20 years. So I have attended a lot of weddings. <laughs> so I would go to pa- with Pastor Brett to many, many weddings. And so I've heard this. But he, the way he talks about what submission is, he presents it as, I think, how we should see it. Mm. You know, if it is hailing outside, you have a choice. You can go stand out in the hail or you can come in and you can be submitted, if you will, sure. to the covering of the roof. <laughs> and that's a picture of maybe right. how that can look. In. But I even in my own marriage, I know there's been things that Chris is designed to take the hits for mm-hmm. things that I'm just not. That's not an infringement on me, my ability. That is just who the Lord made me to be and who the Lord called him to be. Mm. Again, going back to that helper thing, man, we want to be encouraging our husbands and the men in our culture to be able to do the job that the Lord gave them to be. And that is to lead and take those hits for us. Mm. But I think submission is a huge blessing. It's not a get to, it is a got to for sure. Mm. When you were saying about culture and how it has taken that word and it's made it a bad word. And not just in that, but like you were saying with younger people, there's even this kind of a buck against authority in general. I feel like young people are being told you need to be pushing against that. And that's why I think it's even more important to point young people to the word. Because if you're doing it just for your own rebellion kind of thing, I don't like what my mom and dad are telling me to do. Well, what is the word telling you to do? But then there's just a lot of things that scripture just tells us on how to live. Hmm. As we have talked about before, when we were emailing back and forth, we were talking about feminism a little bit. When I 
think about that particular piece in the margin of my Bible, I have written modern day feminism next to James 3, where it talks about where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and mm. every vile practice. Wow. Wow. You talk about these things in roles, it's sort of there's this order that the mm. Lord has beautifully given in scripture that we like to say, well, I don't really like that. I want to do something different. But anytime you're going to step outside that order, well, I think you land in James 3, you know, <laughs> of a little bit of selfish ambition mm. and disorder. Mm. Do we want to be there? But that doesn't have to be even a roles issue. You can look at that. Any age group, you can look at that. Men or women is the thing that I'm doing is going against this authority structure. Is me even not liking the word submission? Is that putting me in line with jealousy or selfish ambition? Mm. Like what are examining what your motives are in that? Mm. Or is it leaning you in a place where you can say, no, I want to seek the wisdom that is first of all pure and peaceable. Mm. Have you ever felt in your own career or ministry that you have been kept from something good because you're not the lead pastor of a church? Mm-hmm. Sadly, I think a really big sticking point in churches all over, I think sometimes it's the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. And I don't think they should be ashamed of those passages in scripture that say that men are to lead the church. Mm. No, I have never felt that I am pushed out of a place that I should be, but you need to be yielded to what the word is saying. And I feel like it's something that the Lord created them to do that for a reason. Mm. Who would I to be to tell the Lord, oh, I clearly must know better than you? That just seems to be so out of place for me. But it is a really big deal. And I think in some ways, it's sort of what feminism maybe looks like within the church. Mm. And it gets to have this like female empowerment kind of thing. Yes, there have been, I am sure, misuses in the church sure. and, and, you know, overall, because we are flawed sinners. <laughs> yes. And there's definitely going to be things that have not been done right. But I would say by men and women. Sure. And I think that it's important to just seek the word on what is the role that we're called to be. I believe that men are supposed to lead the church. I believe they're supposed to be teaching the congregation and they're to be elders of the church. And I think scripture is pretty clear on that. I also don't think it is a salvation issue. Women are called to teach the younger, like I said, and teaching women, being involved with women's ministries. My goodness, the list of what we can and should be doing as women in the church is long and Mm. so needed. We have a job to do as whether you're a mom or maybe you've never mentored someone, maybe you should be, Mm. because I really do feel like women need to know what it is that we are called to do. You have unique roles, but you have equal value in the Lord. We're all these image bearers. That is just a really great picture of how we fit within Mm. the family of God, not just in just our own individual families. But particularly in the church, there's just a lot of confused kids. Our kids need to hear what the word says Mm. and they need to know where it says it. You know, not just because, well, mom said this is what the Bible says. My husband leads the fam in devotions. A couple months ago, he decided to do like a study on the essential doctrines. And I thought it was so great the way he did this, because not only did he kind of walk them through what are the essential doctrines, but he actually had them get their Bibles out and mark scriptures of why we know Mm, that the depravity of man matters and why it matters that Jesus is God. And I think that's really important for kids to do because they're going to hear all kinds of stuff that is not necessarily tied to the rock, the anchor of scripture, and it's going to pull them away. 
that's a job for us as women. That's a long job. You know, it's a big job. And if you don't feel up to that task, that's fine. None of us do. It kind of gives you an opportunity to jump in there with your kids or with that kiddo that you want to mentor or whatever it is and learn together, Mm. but be really submitted to scripture and, and approaching scripture humbly, I think is a big part of that as well. That's great. I think what really got me kickstarted in this direction as I started doing just a little bit of some research a few years back, and I I read a statistic that absolutely freaked me out because it said six out of 10 kids, whether we're talking kids that are in church twice a week, in youth group, Christian school, even homeschool kids, which that's the one that always surprises people, (laughs) six out of 10 kids right now, 10 years from now, will not be walking with the Lord. And when I told my kids that, I think at the time, they kind of thought, well, that's not going to happen. But I actually think, especially, you know, as they've gotten a little older and yep. they start to see different choices people make and you just sort of see the hedging a little it bit. Yeah. And so it makes them kind of think, and that's a tragic it thing. Is. To me, when I hear something like that, it kind of fires me up of, man, Lord, what can I do to better equip my kids, first of all, because that's my first call. Yeah, but then even helping my kids to be equipping the kids that are around them, too. We have a big job, and I wish that we saw just the huge importance of it. Amen. I think culturally, we would be in such a better place if women, and I'm meaning that broadly, because I think, sure. yes, moms, for sure, your audience is really obvious. It's right there at home. But even beyond that, you don't have to be a mom. You could be an aunt. You could be a college kid that just helps out in a high school group or whatever. Huge jobs. You are being a helper. You are doing the work that the Lord's called you to do. And I think it's just so, so important for us to equip our youth in a better way. Amen. So I actually, today, I was able to bring a friend of mine along, Olivia, who is really who we're talking to Mm. and we're talking about right now. And Olivia is a junior in high school. So maybe you have a question for her on, on this. Sounds great. So, Olivia, I'm glad you're here. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So you've kind of heard a little bit of the background and the context of this struggle. Like I said before, I have five daughters. This is a topic in our house probably every day, which is, Dad, what does the Bible have to say about this? And what does the Bible have to say about this? What has been your experience in youth group or school or just your friend group, social media? How have you run into this topic? And has it been challenging? Has it been confusing? Do you feel like a lot of your friends are talking about these kinds of things? Um, Yeah, well, my understanding of current feminism is that it's very confusing. And I feel our culture really doesn't want to grant the roles of anything such as childbearing to a woman they want to mix the roles it's confusing men can be women and women can be men and when you can't define what a woman is then how can you be pro woman if you don't know what it is i feel it's very confusing what are some of the things that have helped you kind of land somewhere with stability or with confidence? Are there certain Bible passages or certain thoughts that have kind of helped you as you've gone on this journey yourself? Yeah, well, just understanding that we are all made in the image of God and that we're all equal is a great place for, I think, everyone to start. I think you bring up a great point about the confusion of culture. It's sort of what we talked about in that James passage of it 
brings on disorder. That's hard for our kids. That's so hard for them to not get a straight message. Like she even said of it being confusing, who gives birth to children? This should not be a confusing topic. <laughs> this should not. I, I read a quote recently and they were saying that we needed to take the gender out of it and call them birthing people. And I thought, um, wow. I don't think you understand. <laughs> like, this does not work out. But it's amazing to see, right, how culture takes things that should be extremely obvious. Sure. And we're going to even make that confusing. Yeah. I think it's extremely tough for kids to be able to just be inundated by messages that are always confusing. Yes. Olivia, do you feel like there's peer pressure mostly coming from outside the church or do you sometimes feel like even within the church there's some peer pressure to conform to some of these of society's messages well yes i think people my age especially are taught to not ask questions and to accept everything that the world throws at you so that for me is hard because i see all my friends accepting everything but then they don't know what actually is true at least within my church We like to really tackle what is true and what does the Bible really say about feminism or just topics in general. It's hard to stand up. It's hard to take a stand because you know it's going to cost you something. It might be friendships. It might be online ridicule to the extreme of, you know, in this cancel culture, it gets pretty intense, the blowback of taking a stand for Christ and the Bible. And so, Amy, you and I are a little older than Olivia. I can't imagine growing Mm -hmm. up in today's culture and having that pressure. It's 24-7. It's relentless. And I don't know what the secret is to help in today's generation. Yeah, and it's hard. You know, Olivia also mentioned something just the messages that people tell you. Because one of the messages I think that young girls get a lot is you can do anything you want, but not only can you do it, you can do it better than men. Mm. And, and that's really, that is a big message. You know, Mm. I hear that through the lens of being a mom of boys too, because Mm. I think those messages are hurting our young men too, and who they are called to be. Because what, culture says and what female empowerment and feminism looks like is the elevation of women at the cost of men. Mm. I don't understand the argument that says that it is an equality movement because it's not. It makes them more into that like victim mentality, I think a little bit of because you guys have been victimized, we need to elevate you and we need to pull you up because you can do all of these things kind of takes them away from maybe a culture of contentment a bit. And that seems terrible to say, why would we just be content, you know? But then yet you look at Philippians when it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we see that on, you know, every basketball player's shoes. And (laughs) and because that's the thing, because you can do anything, right? You can do anything. When really what that's talking about is being content. He was in jail. Paul was in jail. Yeah. And he's saying, I can be content in all circumstances. It's nothing actually to do with you living your dream, you know? But yeah, I think it's has been a strategy of the enemy for millennia to divide churches, to divide the body of Christ, to divide families, and I think it has been a very successful strategy to pit men against women, mm-hmm. boys against girls, and say, you know what, it's now a competition. I want to outdo whatever it is that we're doing, and now you have set you know, people who should be coming together in the unity of the Spirit, as Ephesians talks about, and building a community that shines the love of Christ because of their humility towards each other and 
kindness towards each other and encouragement towards each other. Now you've pitted them against each other. As you said at the beginning, you know, if we can be where we're more focused on what the word is saying. That's right. We should be able to hear a message like we need to, you know, outdo each other and be able to go. I'm pretty sure there's something in Romans that says actually outdo one another in showing honor to each other. That's right. I mean, what would that be like if we were raising our kids and we had a culture where we're trying to outdo one another in honor? Well, ladies, thank you for being uh, on the show today. It has been an honor and a privilege to have you here. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Well, how about you? Do you feel bombarded and overwhelmed by the constant barrage of false messages in our culture? Do you feel attacked by your friends and community on social media? I hope Amy's message today to Christian women, especially young Christian women, was encouraging and enlightening. You can visit us on our website at theambassadorsforum.com for more resources to help you navigate today's confusing social issues. Finally, thank you for joining us on the radio today. You can join us every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. here on True Talk 800 a.m. KPDQ. I pray that God will raise you up in your own faith and send you out to share that faith with others in the grace and truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Until next time, I'm Roy Swart. May the Lord bless you and keep you.